Hi, I'm David Massover. Welcome to the Driving B2B Sales Revenue Podcast, where I'll be interviewing senior sales leaders, sales experts, and sales service providers about what else, what it takes to drive B2B sales revenue. So thanks for being here. Let's get started. Hey, welcome to the Driving B2B Sales Revenue Podcast. I'm your host, David Massover. And today we've got a great guest. We're talking to Mark Thompson, co-founder at PayKickstart. Mark, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, David. I appreciate it. That's a pleasure. I'm looking forward to this. Let's get into the podcast with our traditional opening questions. Mark, you've got a lot of experience in sales. What's the best piece of sales advice that you ever received? The top sales advice would be to have a structured call, right? Don't don't let whoever you're talking to dictate kind of the direction of the call because what happens is the call can go in so many different directions. You want to stay focused and have a certain type of cadence and flow so that you end up reaching the goals that you want for that particular call. Too many times I see, you know, people taking a call that is supposed to be structured for 15, 20 minutes and they end up going an hour, hour and a half and 80% of it is fluff. So you want to make sure you're asking the right questions. Obviously, you want to listen to your the person that you're talking to and always ask follow-up questions. But you want to make sure that you have a certain cadence and a certain flow and make sure that every question that you ask, there's a reason for it. I love that advice. It reminds me of a really bad joke that I heard when I was a little kid. And that's, you know, a, a husband and wife are driving on a road trip across the country And the wife's in the passenger seat looking at the map. And she says, honey, I think we're lost. He says, yeah, but we're making great time. (laughs) Right. It's it's like, if you don't have a plan and don't know where you're going, you know, who knows where you're going to wind up? I love that. Have some structure. And yeah, it's going to bounce around. But if you you don't know where the guardrails are, it's definitely not going to get where you want to go. Right. You, you, You sometimes have to pull them back in, right? Especially if they go off on tangents, which... You know, if you've ever been on a sales call, you know that it's very easy for it to go off topic. So you want to make sure you pull them back in with the right types of questions. Right. Like if they start telling a joke about a husband and wife, okay, <laughs> never mind, never mind. So that's a great piece of good advice. Thanks for sharing that. What, what's some of the worst sales advice you ever heard? I guess just the opposite. Well, actually, the worst would probably be if, if you don't ask for some sort of follow up, whether it's uh, a, you have to have some sort of a call to action at the end of the call, right? So the worst ones are like, okay, well, just get back to me you know, if you want to talk more about it, right? That's never how you want to end a call. You always want to end a call with whatever that call to action is, whatever that desired goal is. If you don't reach that desired goal, well, then schedule, it's called BAMFAM, book a meeting from a meeting, right? So you know, if you don't get what you need, say, hey, well, you know, I'm going to send over some, some more materials. In two days, I would love to be able to talk about the materials I send over, just follow up, answer any questions that you have. Does Thursday at 2 p.m. work for you? So make sure that you always have that either the next meeting or you know maybe they're going to sign up for a free trial. Have some sort of a reminder on your calendar just to confirm, hey, they signed up for the, the free trial. If they didn't, follow up with them. Have, have another cadence, another follow-up sequence until they reach that desired goal. I always thought that the two most powerful words in sales were what's next. Right. Now, you don't yeah. really need to say that, but, it, but if you've got that, you know, on a post-it note on your computer or whatever, what's next and put it into your planner, you know, whether it's a CRM or whatever you use, what's next. And if it's nothing, that's fine, but be deliberate about that. That's really good, bad advice turned around into good advice. So Mark, that was very, very artful of you. <laughs> now, 
you have a long history in, in digital and online business. And I thought that would be a really interesting topic to explore because I think a lot of our listeners, they have a non-digital business or, or a business that they want to make more digital, more online. So I'd love to talk to you a little bit about how to help them bridge the gap. But just to kind of give us a little bit of orientation, can you tell us a bit about your background and a little bit about Pay Kickstart? Yeah. So I've been an internet entrepreneur for about almost 12 years now. I guess I'm like an internet dinosaur. But anyways, you know, I started off as an internet marketer. So a lot of my experience has been marketing through, through digital, right? Through paid ads, through search engine optimization, social media, cold email outreach, you name it, I've, I've done it. And so you know, I started Pay Kickstart about six years ago. And uh, I've, I've always been kind of a software guy, I love software startups, sold lots of different types of products, software, information programs, memberships. A lot of the billing solutions that were out there were very archaic and they didn't really, they weren't customized for what I needed to do in my business. And so we decided to build a billing platform to accept payment, manage recurring revenue. And um, it started off just as our own internal tool just to do that. But then we quickly realized that other entrepreneurs needed exactly what we had built. So we decided to turn it into a full-fledged business. So probably a year or two after building the solution, we opened it up to beta users. And um, we quickly realized that we needed to kind of go all in. And so I actually put a lot of the other businesses uh, that I was building at the time to the side so I could focus on this build, this business. And so really, that's what I've been working on the last six years is just really we're in kind of growth mode right now. So we're scaling out the business. And so, I mean, relevant to, to what we're talking about today, I needed to figure out ways that I could have more of a self-serve sales option where I could scale it, right? You only have so many hours in the day and you see all these, you know, you, you could obviously scale with adding more sales reps, but I always wanted to figure out a way, how could I automate as much as possible while still offering that personalized touch? And so that's really what we've been focused on the last couple of years is how can we grow? How can we scale? But how can we also stay lean and also have great margins? I love the origin story that starts with, we needed something that didn't exist, so we built it. And then we decided to build a company around it. That is awesome. Thanks for sharing that. I think it's a great segue into, into where I think we can really add some value for our listeners. Because I, like I said, I think a lot of our listeners consider scaling sales as I need to add more salespeople. Right. But especially COVID forced us all to look a little bit more at, gosh, what, what am I going to do if I can't leave the office? And you know, what am I going to do if my people actually can't even leave their houses? That may or may not be where we go in the future, but it certainly raised some questions. So just to kick things off, let, let's start with kind of a balance question. If an established business is thinking to themselves, gosh, you know, Mark makes a lot of sense. I shouldn't just be all salespeople. I should have some kind of an online dimension. How do you even begin a transition like that? Well, I think it's it's important to understand who your target audience is. So if you're going after enterprise level clients and you're doing you know deals that are hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars, then that's a different sales cycle, right? And it's going to need personalized touch. So if you're in that arena then it is somewhat hard, but it doesn't mean that you can't create digital assets that can help kind of nurture the lead or the prospect 
and bring them to a customer. But you know, for those of you who are, are probably SMB, which I'll, I'm going to guess the majority of you on the call are either SMB or maybe even mid-market, you, know, you want to figure out a way to automate that. And one, So one of the issues that we were having was people wanted to get onto a demo. They wanted to get on a demo call. And these demo calls were getting to like 45 minutes, an hour, something like an hour and a half. And it was just sucking up our time. So we needed to figure out a way to somewhat automate that. And so what we realized was a lot of people, they wanted kind of the broad like overview of the platform. And then as you start to get further into the sales cycle, then there's specific questions that people have, which we can jump on a call, but it's a much shorter call because they have very specific questions. So what we did was we created an automated webinar where people can sign up on our website. You can see it in the bottom left-hand corner. You can register for the webinar, even though it acts as a live webinar. We don't lie. You know, we do say that it's it's automated, but it's a 20-minute professionally done uh, walkthrough of the platform. Gives you, you know, an understanding of what we do, who we serve, and they can also ask live comments or they can ask questions along the way. So our um, customer success team, if someone does ask a question, it goes actually right into Slack and we can just answer them right in our Slack channel, which is super nice. But um, the other thing that we we offer them at the very end is say, hey, go ahead and start a free trial. There's an in-app onboarding experience that'll walk you through what you need to do to get set up. But hey, if you have questions, you know we can definitely schedule kind of an onboarding or a discovery call where we can dive into your specific scenario and you know your specific challenges. But what we found was the webinar, along with the live chat, actually solved about 80% of you know, the problems or the questions that people had. So we minimized the, the number of manual demos that we were doing, but we were still able to convert these people into free trial customers, into paying customers. And of course, you know, sometimes you're never going to be able to get away from the one-to-one interaction, but it helped to cut it down and help to kind of stream, streamline our sales process. I think there's a really important takeaway in there. I think a lot of people think about online and and let's call it traditional as kind of an either or. And that's exactly the opposite of what you're talking about. It's really Absolutely. which parts of our which parts of the things that our people are doing can we automate? Is that the right perspective? Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, yeah, again, it, it does also come down to your type of business that you have, as well as the pricing model, right? If you have a, you know, if you're selling someone on a, you know, $5 a month product, it's going to be very hard to have personalized touch, right? I mean, you just can't afford it or you'll go out of business. So um, you need to have a balance there. And so that's kind of what we did was we, we tried to figure out a way to also increase the average revenue per user. So we've really focused on how can we provide more value and increase our price points, which then can allow us to offer better customer service, be able to get on one-on-one calls if we have to. But you know, sprinkling in some group webinars or you know, weekly training, those types of things can, can definitely help having to do the one, one-to-one type stuff. So you mentioned a word, answer before last, automation. Yep. Automation is one of those funny words among a lot of more, more senior sales leaders and, and, and company executives where on the one hand, it's really exciting, right? I mean, oh, that's going to save me a lot of time and energy. And on the other, they break out in cold sweat because they've been on the receiving end of automation efforts that are just not well executed. Yeah. What, what's the right way to approach an automation opportunity for someone who's never done it before and doesn't want to alienate or upset potential customers. I mean, what's the thought process that should happen before you start thinking about automation to make sure that you roll it out the right way? 
That's a really good question. And so what I always say is like, start, start small, maybe automate one email, two emails and, and, and work your way, right? It's your automation is kind of a living, breathing entity. And, and you always want to be tweaking it as well as adding to it. And so, you know, you have to understand where they're at in the sales process. And so what we've done, like, so we, you know, we run through everything through a CRM and so we can, you know, add tags as to where they're at in the sales cycle. So a really good example of one automation sequence that we created was through our in-app onboarding. So we had a really high churn rate early on when people were just starting getting started. And so we actually sent out surveys and asking them, well, why did you leave? Why didn't you continue your trial? And they said it was just too darn confusing. We didn't know what to do next. And so what we did was we created an automation sequence knowing where they were in our onboarding flow. And then we customized the sequence to be tailored for them. So if they were able to complete the first step in say like a three-part sequence, um, but they weren't able to complete the second step, we could see that in the CRM. We could send them an email and say, hey, congratulations on completing the first step. You're one step closer. I noticed that you haven't completed step two. No problem. Here's some documentation. Here's some helpful guides that'll help you with completing that particular step. Oh, and by the way, if you have a question, go into our live chat. We're there 24-7 to help you out, that type of thing. So you kind of nur- you have to nurture them both as a prospect and as well as a customer. It sounds like one of the first steps that has to happen, which doesn't happen in a lot of organizations, is you really have to own your process. You do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you need to understand, and there's going to be multiple processes, right? There's going to be lots of, so we have, we call them just like mini automation sequences. So when someone signs up for our automated webinar, what do we do after they've done that? We want to make sure that we follow up with them, but we want to do it the right way. So, you know, someone who, who watched our webinar, but didn't sign up for a free trial, that's a different type of lead, right? Because they obviously need more information. They need more, they need to make a better uh, informed decision on why should I sign up for this free trial and start using your product? Maybe they're looking at a bunch of different solutions and maybe the timing just isn't right. So you want to make sure that you are staying in front of them. And so we have a different automation. We have a tag in our system where they're either a free trial customer or they're not. And if they're not, then they get put into a nurture sequence where we give them more materials. We give them more value, white papers, webinars, whatever it may be until they're ready to make that buying decision or they have enough information. And once they once the relationship has changed from prospect to a customer, that's when your automation and the messaging and all that stuff changes to more of a, more of a uh, product adoption type of automation. So I imagine there are people out there scratching their heads, wondering about the technology side of things, but you can always hire somebody to kind of figure out the tech for you. What about the people side of things? Do you think that if a, if a company leader is, is, is listening to this and thinking, yeah, those are things that I want to start, are there some challenges on the people side that they should expect to face as a company moves more in that kind of a direction? Yeah. I mean, well, for one, you need to make sure you allocate the resources to implement what we're talking about. Like you said, if someone within the company doesn't understand how to handle this automation, hire someone that can do it because I guarantee you once that automation is in place, you're going to be saving more money in the long run than having to manually go through all this. And you'll hopefully if you've done, if you've done it right, you're closing more deals. Right. And so I think that's the the first part, but you all, your, your management also needs to build it into their DNA that this is something that needs to be tweaked 
and refined along the way. It's not something where you just set up automation and just because it's automated doesn't mean that there isn't manual effort to uh, analyzing the data, understanding, okay, well, people are still getting hung up here. Maybe we need to replace that you know, third email in the sequence with something else. So I think it's important that you're, you're always looking at it and improving on it. Do you think that making this kind of a shift changes the responsibilities and the relationship between the sales group and the marketing group? Yeah, it, it is. It's a mindset shift, really. I mean, it, you know, the way that things have been done for, for decades, I live right next door to um, a, a good friend who owns a fireplace business. And he is so like, everything is on the phone. Everything's, he's just on the phone nonstop. And he's driving around from job site to job site. I'm like, why don't you do like, I always ask him questions about it. I'm like, man, you're spending all day in the car on the phone. Is there anything you can do to automate your business? And so I'm just trying to you know, understand more of his business. He's like, man, I get calls all day long. You know, home builders asking me about this particular fireplace and how do I light it? How do I do this and that? I'm like, have you ever thought about just creating a knowledge base or some sort of an area where the builder can go in, choose the model, and it gives them all the information? He's like, yeah, that's a good idea. It'd probably reduce the number of calls I'm getting. So, you know, again, this is just one example of a way that you can take more of the traditional offline old school guy and try to, you know, get a different mindset. That's a great segue to the whole topic of content. A lot of companies are trying to use content to do the kind of things you're talking about, knowledge base. A lot of companies are trying to use content to attract clients or prospects into their funnel. Are there things... I mean, you, you gave a great description uh, for Pay Kickstart about the, uh, about the webinar. Are there some other content strategies that include automation that you think are worth thinking about? Automating content is difficult. I mean, there's definitely certain things you can do strategically with your content. So years ago, we started a blog. And you know, if anyone has a blog, you understand that it's a long-term strategy. So we understood you know, this was going to be one of... You know, we have a short-term and long-term strategy for getting uh, driving traffic. And so our blog was just one way. And so we've been pretty dedicated to it for about four years now. And so we publish a new article every single week. Every single article is very specific to one particular key phrase or one particular topic. And so over the years, you start to generate long tail traffic. And so that was something, again, it's not something that's automated, but the the content was written by people who know what they're talking about. It's not just people scraping articles and rewriting it, which I'm not a huge believer in. I mean, maybe you could do that 12 years ago, but uh, in this day and age, uh, the algorithms have changed a lot in, in Google and YouTube and stuff. So I think with content, to me, it's more about quality than quantity. Um, so even if you don't have the bandwidth to create lots of content, create one amazing piece of content. Like focus on that, case studies, you know, if you have any data to back it up, anything like that to help give you some thor- sort of authoritative white paper, webinar, study, whatever it might be, do that as opposed to just creating, you know, hiring some person that, you know, for, for $10, right, cranks out an article and doesn't provide him any value. It sounds like the trick. It sounds like the balance point. It sounds like the, the art of all of this is to understand where you need to automate and where you really need to throw your human capital. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's exactly right. Yeah, so many, I see so many people creating content for the sake of creating content because they, they heard they need to create content, but they don't have any strategy behind it. 
I mean, automation has its place, but uh, there's always going to be the good old fashioned, you know, pen to the pad type of sweat equity. Even with this digital world we live in, you're still going to you know, need to um, implement manual tasks uh, throughout your, your process. This has been a really great overview of just a way to think about incorporating digital, online automation into, let's call it old school processes and ways of going to market. If there was something that I should have asked you about all of this and failed to do so, what should I have asked you that I didn't? One thing that we kind of overlooked here was to focus on one channel first and, and be great at it. Because I see a lot of businesses that say, okay, well, we need to have a search engine optimization strategy. We need to be running Facebook ads. We need to be doing Google ads. We need to be creating a Facebook page. We need Twitter. There's so many different things you could be doing. Okay, What you first need to do is find out where your audience is, where they're hanging out, and be great at one thing. So if your audience is hanging out on Facebook and there's lots of engagement on there, then maybe the the what you need to focus on is creating a Facebook group with awesome content, awesome engagement. But the last thing you want to do is try to do 10 different things, especially as a startup where you don't have tons of you know, you know, VC money or funding to, to be able to afford to, to do all these things. But be be great at one thing. That's fantastic advice. Mark Thompson co-founder at Pay Kickstart. If people want to learn more about you or Pay Kickstart, where's the best place to reach you? Yeah, you can go to paykickstart.com. We have live Check out that webinar, right? (laughs) Yeah, check out, go ahead and sign up for the webinar if you'd like, it's there. Uh, You know, we also have live chat there if you have a question about our platform or we also have a a Facebook group as well. So just put in Pay Kickstart, you can join it. I mean, there's thousands of internet entrepreneurs, uh, software creators, startup businesses in there. Feel free to to chime in and chime in and say hi. I'd love to connect with you, with you there. So that's awesome. I will put all of that information into the episode notes. Mark Thompson, thank you very much for sharing your time and your expertise with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Driving B two B Sales Revenue Podcast with your host, me, David Massover. If you'd like to learn more about how I can help you and your sales organization accelerate growth, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, reach out to me at davidmassover.com or find me on LinkedIn. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast to be the first to know about new episodes. And thanks for listening. Now, let's go drive some B2B sales revenue.